Well, most oh, maybe. You I mean, know, he put masks on something, that, but after he said, "I'll give you one to advertise," like, like yeah. I'm like, "Oh, I'm, I oh, don't care." Sold. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I'm done beyond that. Right, <laughs> but we've mentioned that a few times. Like, we are willing to sponsor yes. anything. <laughs> yes, when we say we have a price, we're not lying, and right. it's not high. Right, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I'm with the, you. Shut up and sit down. And welcome to the week three edition of the Black Swarm Podcast. Hank Piper here with Rob Antonell. How, how we doing tonight? Uh, pretty good, pretty good. All right, and we have a uh, special guest here, first time guest on the Black Swarm Podcast, J.P. Simon, defensive line coach. How we doing? I'm doing great. All right, now before we really get into the meat of the action here, um, I think we need to start to advertise a little more on our social media. Yeah. You know, you can follow our podcast, the uh, at Black Swarm Pod on uh, Twitter. We have an Instagram, too. I'm pretty sure we're going to start using that at some point that we just made. But for now, you know, just follow us there. The Black Swarm Podcast on Facebook at Black Swarm Podcast at gmail.com. I forgot we had a Gmail. We do have a Gmail. Wow. We've got a, we've got a couple of emails that we do appreciate you. We haven't gotten back or really <laughs> mentioned them at all, but uh, we do appreciate it. Just know we see them. Yeah, I mean, I, I completely forgot we had that, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. But I remember last year that we got an email or two that we, we discussed, and I, I thought we talked about it on here. Maybe not. I I don't know. I don't remember last week, much less last year. I feel so. like we talked about at least one of the emails on here last year. At least one, maybe, probably. Anywho. I don't remember what it was, but yeah. I think we discussed it. Yes. Anyway, let's get into uh, the meat of the subject tonight. After, you know, you go and follow on Facebook, the Black Swarm Podcast. That's Black Swarm, all one word. I'll give you a second to go type that in your computer. Black Swarm, one word, podcast. Mm-hmm. And then on Twitter and Instagram, that's at Black Swarm Pod. Go follow that and go, you know, share, retweet, favorite, like, all that stuff. Yeah, not a whole lot going on the Facebook page yeah. besides us just posting the information for the new podcast. But on the Twitter page, every now and then we do have some information that we either retweet from other Maslin sources or we throw something out there like uh, when we started doing the Krause's pizza competition that was on Twitter before it was on the podcast um, so there is some information that we share on there um, especially from other Maslin sources as well yeah and you know if we get more interaction I suppose on our social medias we can put more we'll feel better about putting more content out there yeah that's the easiest way to reach us too yeah if you if you do it on Twitter, uh, I mean you, the other ways we'll still see it, but the the easiest interaction would be on Twitter. And you know we've been toying with the idea of say having some video content, either a little bit of uh, snippets of the podcast, just you know video recording, maybe breaking down a play or two, just anything like extra that we can offer to you. We w- we would love to. We just a need the feedback of what that of what you guys want that to be, and b of where we should put that out to the world to. Yeah, so, um, I mean, follow us on all those platforms. 
Uh, make sure you can find us on iTunes as well. I'm not as familiar with all that Apple stuff, but uh, we're on iTunes, um, so I know about 50% of you out there will be able to find us on there. Um, so that's an easy way for a lot of you to find us on iTunes. Um, ask somebody or you know, ask us on Facebook or Twitter if you're not sure how to access on iTunes. Yeah, and that's the space black swarm all one word space podcast look that up on itunes we're on the uh we're on the podcast app you know subscribe rate review and we'll we appreciate it so our guest tonight coach jp simon owner of simon says sir quite possibly the first and i mean for a price, only <laughs> sponsor of the Black Swarm Podcast. All in, all in. Appreciate all right. that. That's what I like West Side Crosses, by the way. Okay, that's I like another to hear person chiming in. Yep. So, you know, Coach Simon, you're the uh, defensive line coach, and you have a shirt store in Maslin. Mm-hmm. As with all our first time guests, let's get the uh, a short summary of your you know Maslin and football career. Sure. Uh, L.A. Dragon, first of all, West Sider, uh, Bowers Bear. I graduated from Maslin in 2003, was a Cincinnati Bearcat until 2008, and came back to Maslin. This is my fourth year coaching. Defensive tackles along Coach Webb's coaching, uh, the DNs in our OB position, kind of our hybrid DN linebacker spot. Yeah, that's awesome. So, uh, I mean, if you just want to go back, you know, real quick, um, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, your career here at Maslin, mm-hmm. um, you know, a fun fact or two when you're at Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, one thing that uh, is kind of cool about when I played at Maslin, um, Superintendent Salvino, who we all know and love here on the Black Swarm podcast crew, uh, was my offensive line coach. When I played here along with, uh, we had Dan Murphy and we had Frank Page, who also have two kids playing on this current team. So right now I have the opportunity to coach. Uh, Coach Sal has a son, Dominic Salvino. Robbie Page is Coach Frank Page's son. And then Luke Murphy is Dan Murph's son. So I got a chance to kind of, came full circle with me and I'm coaching my coach's kids it's it's a it's a big responsibility but you know i don't take it lightly and i enjoy it every day it's, it's it's a it's awesome it's awesome fun fact at cincinnati we'll keep some we'll keep the stories pg tonight uh i, I played for mark d'antonio uh he he's who recruited me got me down there played uh two years for mark d'antonio played two years for brian kelly got to see a little bit of both of them um after I was done playing at Cincinnati, I coached at a couple of the uh, uh, parochial schools in Cincinnati. Elder, St. X, helped out with the strength programs at both. Um, the one thing that really rubbed me the wrong way was them elder boys <laughs> showed me them shined-up rings from 2002. Ooh. I still think yeah. one of them belongs to me. Um, they they beat Warren a week after we didn't. But, you know, I had to look at that ring for a long time. And when I got the opportunity to come back here, I'm coming for mine. Well, Flat out. 
that's what that's what we like to hear. You know, mm-hmm. you get a lot of hungry tigers around, and stuff's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Um, going from there, I guess you can really only look one week at a time. Here's what I got on the one week at a time bullshit. I don't <laughs> care what anybody else does. I don't care if it's St. V. I don't care if it's Glen Oak. I don't care if it's Warren Harding. I don't care if it's McKinley. I don't care if it's Hoban. We play against us. We practice against us. We want to be the best version of the 2019-2020 Maslin Tigers as we can be. I don't give a shit what anybody else does. I don't give a shit how anybody else practices, game plans. You got to come see us. We're practicing to beat you. We're practicing to be the best us. I don't give a damn what you do and what you bring to Paul Brown. And when we go to Mollenkopf or however the hell you spell it, all I know is in 2002, we played over there, and they got this little totem pole in the end zone, right? This is an old school story. Coach Stu, Coach Steve Studer, we had our little trench life huddle in the end zone. They got a little totem pole. You know, they're the Indians or the Warriors or whatever the yeah. hell they claim, whatever they, yep. they want to be. And and and, and they're, they got somebody there telling us, don't go over around that pole, that sacred pole, that totem pole. That's that. Rep- okay, cool. Well, we, we did our little huddle right around their little pole. And I know all Coach Stu was talking about is he wished he would have brought his chainsaw with him. <laughs> and that pole would have been a couple feet shorter. So we don't give a shit about Warren. Because it's all about the Tigers. Yeah, I mean, we definitely love that mentality. Yeah. And, I mean, from any of the fans that, you know, have been to the games, you know, I mean, you're, you're a pretty big guy. You're a tall guy, mm-hmm. right? You stand out. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you've said that yourself. Hard to um, miss. Hard to miss. The, you, you carry, you were carrying a sledgehammer with you around last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tonight, that, too. Yeah, I mean, that's, <laughs> you did, yeah. you brought a, cha- uh, <laughs> A chainsaw. You brought a sledgehammer with you here to the podcast. We love that. Um, but the one thing that a lot of people may have noticed about you last year is that anytime anything was going on, it doesn't matter what it was, anytime anything was going on, you were always right there in the mix of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm not saying that is a bad thing. I'm not saying it is a good thing either. I point yeah, is, it's, you, it's you were fact. right there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this, this mindset that you have is that it doesn't matter who we're playing, we're Maslin every week. Mm-hmm. 1 through 15, we are Maslin. Mm-hmm. We're going to play whoever's in front of us. You know, we, we love that mentality and the idea is that nobody's going to push us around and everybody sees you out front and center because you're not afraid to show that. Um, I, I kind of lost my track here with it. <laughs> but uh, the point is, you know, with that mentality, you know, the kids really, you know, vibe off of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fans vibe off that because we, mm-hmm. we see you out there. We sure. see the kids out there doing this kind of stuff. And, you know, when we go to Warren this week that you were alluding to, you know, they might have their own traditions. They might have mm-hmm. that totem pole, like you said. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still mass, and we still have our own thing. We still have our own business. Sure. So, I mean, how how is it that you are translating that to the kids uh, the first away game of the year mm-hmm. that they're going to go into somebody else's territory, but we still got to take care of our own business? Mm-hmm. Well, well to, to answer that question, uh, we won this game in January. We won this game in February. We won this game in March. We don't wait till August to start playing. We don't wait till September to start playing. We train harder than everybody else trains in the off season, like we're supposed to as men of Maslin, right? 
So so when I go out there, I don't mind when kids talk shit. I don't mind when kids pound their chest a little bit because we put the work in. If you don't like what we're saying, shut us up. That's kind of how I feel about that. And I, and I think more so than me leading our kids, I think the kids lead me. I feed off of their energy. When the other team's looking at us, I look at our kids and, and I see where they're where they're at with it, and and they're looking back down at them like, eventually all that shit talk's got to go. That clock is ticking, you know. It, before every pregame, on every scoreboard, everywhere we go, about thirty or sixty or whatever it is, it starts to count down till game time. Our kids know when that clock says zeros, all that shit talk you had in pregame is irrelevant. Now it's time to put the pads on. It's time to tighten the chin straps up. Put your fingers in the dirt. Let's see what you did in the winter. We're going to find out who skipped leg day. We're going to find out who pushed themselves in the weight room in the winter. We know we worked harder than you. You know what I mean? It ain't, we, we win these games in the offseason. We prepare in February to win in November. When's the state championship game? You guys got me all fired up now. December? December, yeah. Whenever the yeah. hell it is, we prepare to win that shit. We're not interested in 10 weeks. We lift, we run, we train for 15. Everybody gets 10. You don't got to win a game to get 10. Around here it's 15 or it don't mean nothing. I hope you brought a brick wall or two with you because I'm about <laughs> ready to run through one right now. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, to wrap all that up, into one thing that's kind of running through my mind as you're saying that it's it's a combination of when we talked to coach Mazer last year and to when we caught talked to coach Studer a mixture of your whole trench life mentality mm -hmm. that you're a fourth quarter team mm -hmm. you want to win in the fourth quarter mm -hmm. you want to wear the other team down and in the fourth quarter is when we take over right and coach Suter also talked to us about how he combined that into his strength and conditioning program that we're going to be a fourth quarter team. How how do you put that into words that, you know, through the offseason and even on game day mm -hmm. that you're treating everything as a fourth quarter mentality? Here's the thing. Everybody looks good. We, we I keep talking about pregame. Everybody looks good in pregame. Everybody's jerseys is pretty. They're creased. They're iron. You know, the socks match the jerseys, the jer whatever, how the wristbands, all that good shit. Everybody looks pretty. It, it takes a certain person to line up and take it every play. You might take it the first play. You might take it the first quarter. But we're going to keep coming quarter one, quarter two. Go in and make your adjustment at halftime. Guess what we're doing at halftime? We're going to come back out, and we're going to hit you in the mouth again. And, and, and so far since I've been back here, not a lot of teams can take that for four. And, and that's kind of what we do in the weight room with Coach Stu. I'm an old school Stu guy. I'm, I'm a Steve Studer guy, right? I walk around, you know, I, I feel like what we have now, when Danny came back, he brought what we was missing a little bit. You know what I mean? He, he brought the science to what we do in the weight room. But, he, you know, we got that. We're, we're two hours deep in this weight room. We're going to finish stronger than we started. It ain't going to be all. We're just going to get through this workout. Because if it's like that, we'll start to shit all over again. You know what I mean? We're going to finish stronger than we begin. And, and I think you're going to see that on Friday nights. Teams might be able to take it from one, but they can't take it for four. You know, you said, and it, uh, I kind of perked up there, mm -hmm. that Danny brought back what was missed. Mm -hmm. And you said he brought a science back to it, you know. And there's a, 
science is all well and good for the weight mm-hmm. room, but it takes a little more than that. Sure. What did he bring back outside of you know the science of it to to the weight room to mass and football? Well, I, I, you know, and, and I'll be honest. Coach Roddy came back here with Coach Moore. I think this is uh, this is my fourth year. This is Coach Moore's fifth year. Coach Roddy came up with Coach Moore right away. Um, Terrence Roddy is who I'm who I'm referring to. He did a great job of really bringing that um, bigger, stronger, faster. Coach Roddy was a, a you know he's a O three graduate along with mm-hmm. me, Coach McConnell, some other guys on that staff. We trained under Stu under Steve Studer. We knew what the shit was all about. You know what I mean? We we took pride when we walked in that weight room and we squatted and we benched and we cleaned. I think a lot of that was in place. Um, thanks to Coach Roddy and, and Coach Oviat was here. I helped out a little bit with the weight room as well. Um, but those guys really brought that old school kind of let's just outwork everybody. Like maybe we're not – what Dan brought, I guess, is what I'm trying to get to, is Dan brought, not only are we going to outwork you, but we're going to be smarter while we do it. Stu is kind of the total package, you know what I mean? What I did when I helped out Coach Roddy was emulate what his dad did. And what his dad did was we just outworked you. You know, Coach Hack always, Coach Hackenbrack, he coaches the safeties for us. Um, he, he had a quote when he was talking to the team, something to the effect of, Football is the one place where if you just outwork people, you win. You know what I mean? We're at a place in, in 2019 where that's not always the case. Sometimes it's who you know. Sometimes it's what you know. Sometimes it's timing of applying certain things. But sports and football specifically, we're going to find out, like I said, who skipped leg day. We're going to see who put the work in. I don't give a damn how hyped up you are in pregame. If you wasn't squatting heavy in January and February, all this other talk don't mean shit. So I think what Stu kind of did when he came in, he had a good base from what the guys before him put in. He kind of tied it all together. Now we're going to train smarter and harder. You know what I mean? And I think you're really seeing the benefits. And and you see we were stronger than everybody the last few years. I mean, we had some Hunter Wants put up some unreal numbers at that lift-a-thon. But now we got them skill guys. You see the explosiveness. You see the speed on the perimeter. That's a little bit different. That's not just working harder. That's a combination of of working harder still, but but implementing some of that. This is the reason and why we're doing it. And I think we're starting to see them pay off some Stu being back. I got to take a second right here and say something. I, w- I want to just say to everybody that's involved in this podcast, and that's not just the guys in this room. You two are included in that, but everybody that's listening right now and everybody that hears this, you guys are what makes Masson special. You know what I mean? Like, I left here and I went to Cincinnati, played for the Bearcats for four, and I hung out down there. I was down there for about 10 years total. And and I seen the St. X's, and, and we talked off air a little bit. Um, I did some strength and conditioning at Norwood High School and, and Elder and, and all those schools is great and they win and they, but they're not masculine. They're not masculine. And, and what makes this place different is the guys like you. And, and as you two in this room and it, it's the guys that are tailgating in the lots, it's the crazy ass fans that's going to go to Warren and go <laughs> nuts. It's the guys at the McKinley game that's 70 years old that climbed to the top of the damn stadium. That's the shit that gets me fired up. That's why when another coach from another team starts running his mouth, I can't back down. Because it's not about me. 
It's about the people in that stands. It's about the people in this community that's been doing it for a long time. You know what I mean? It's just different here. And, and, and I feel like our players at this point respect that because there's so many masculine guys on staff. We make sure they understand that. We make sure they respect that. They don't go out there and play for themselves. They go out there and they play for this community. And that's just where we're at with it. Yeah, I mean, I can definitely agree with that. Uh, I mean, a, a few things with that. I mean, something I didn't really think of before this is, you know, Maslin is, is a whole. It's a community. It's a program. It's a dynasty that's been going on for, you know, over 100 years now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 1894. Do the math. Um, so I've never heard somebody... You know, when they when they disrespect Maslin, I don't take it personally as they're they're disrespecting me. You know, I I know what I was as a player. Yeah. You know, you know nothing great. Yeah. You know, I didn't go to Ohio State, exactly. played for Cleveland Browns, anything like that. But when they talk about Maslin in a negative manner, you know, I go back over a hundred years, mm-hmm. and it all comes into my head. I was like, no, listen, Maslin's got this tradition that we're proud of, and here's the reasons why. Mm-hmm. It's not me. You're not disrespecting me. You're not disrespecting Hank Piper. You're not disrespecting J.P. Simon. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's ever saying, hey, look at you. You're a horrible coach. We hate you. Mm-hmm. We hate Maslin. They're saying they don't like Maslin mm-hmm. and everything that goes with it for the last hundred years. And sure. I think that's really where this backing comes from is that it's not about me. It's not about you. Nobody has ever defended Maslin by giving their personal stats. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter who you are. Yeah. The best running back in Maslin history doesn't say, yeah, Maslin might suck, but sure, I ran for 2,000 yards. They don't mm-hmm. say that. No. They say Maslin is Maslin. It's a whole program. It's a whole community. And, uh, I mean, I think that's things you don't see it mm-hmm. anywhere else. Right? You disrespect somebody from another community, they're going to tell you their personal stats. Mm. They're not going to tell you their dynasty of their community. Um, but tying back into what you said, something that we haven't seen in a while. It's been in place for a couple of years now. But we have a lot of Maslin guys mm-hmm. back here coaching at Maslin. And that's not any disrespect to people that aren't from Maslin as coaches. Mm-hmm. But how does that mentality all kind of mend together to help out our team? They get it. Um you know, I think on our defensive staff right now, everybody was a tiger. Everybody put the helmet on. Everybody took a hit in Paul Brown. Everybody probably threw up in Paul Brown training in the summer with Coach Stu, right? And that and that's the thing is that that's kind of our common denominator is we were all Studer trained. You know what I mean? That's kind of the joke. I was still around there. I'm Stu trained. Now the kids now are saying, yeah, me too. And, and that's special, man. And I'll tell you what, the guys that aren't from Maslin, They've really embraced the culture here. They haven't been them guys that's come in here and tried to pretend that something is not or, or whatever. Mazer, Kale, uh, Chip Robinson's new this year. Coach Morgan, um, uh, Coach Trox, all them guys, they all have embraced the traditions here. They all appreciate the traditions here. And, you know, I think they do a great job of upholding those traditions here. They might not be masculine guys in terms of, I played here, but they're masculine guys. Kale Miller has been here 10 years. He eats at Krause's on the west side. <laughs> He's a masculine guy. You know what I mean? 
Mazer, I mean, he, he's he been here probably, what, five, six years. He's a Maslin guy. Everything that makes Maslin special, John Mazer embraces. It's we work harder than you. He's, you know, I'm an O-line guy. I'm coaching D-line. I'm a little bit of a turncoat right now. I'm on the other side <laughs> of the ball. But, you know, it, it's kind of – I coach trench life, and, and that's O-N-D. I don't really – I mean, I know on paper, on the stipends – I'm a D-line coach, but you'll see me on the field when the offense is out there. I'm in the offensive huddle. I'm not talking X's and O's with them because there's a way smarter coach on that sideline doing that. Uh, all I'm telling him is block to the whistle, finish in the end zone. That dude didn't lift harder than you this summer. Why is he on this field with you right now? That's the kind of shit I bring to this thing, man. And and, and I feel like it's special here. It, it really is different. I know, I know a lot of people say that. But it is different here. Go go to some of these other programs. It's not about the indoor. It's not about the weight room. All that shit looks great. I'm telling you what it's about to me in pregame when I watch these guys that are 70, 80 years old climb the double P, row five, up them steps. That's who we playing for. You know what I mean? That, that, they, did it, they did it 60 years ago. We're just following in their footsteps. You know what I mean? It's, we owe them. One thing I want to say as well is this is a throwback team. D- these guys outwork everybody. They're, they're, yeah, we got some skill. We're fast on the perimeter. We're pretty. We're all this. We're all, but we're a nasty group of guys. Watch the box. Watch the front seven. We're going to hit you. What I want to throw a challenge out to is all you fans out there. This group of Tiger players are grinding. This group of Tiger coaches are grinding. Let's have a throwback crowd. Let's sell that shit out. Why ain't we feeling Paul Brown? Why why ain't it standing room only? The players is working. The coaches is putting the time in. Where the fans at? And I'm not speaking as a Maslin coach. I'm speaking as a man of Maslin. Damn the coaching shit. My grandpa's in the soil. My grandma's in the soil on both sides. I'm calling out the Tiger fan base. Let's sell the shit out. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely awesome. Uh, I mean, let's get as many fans to the game as possible. Yeah, you know, you you talked about, like, Trox, Mazer, Kale, guys that outside the program didn't grow up in Maslin, mm-hmm. but once they're in it, they kind of put their arms around the program and embrace it all. Um, and it seems like, you know, once you're part of Maslin, it's Maslin against the world. Absolutely. It's everybody wants a shot at you. You know, you, you roll down the schedule, you're going to get everybody's best game. 100%. You know, it's not necessarily until week 10, it's our rivalry game, mm-hmm. but you still get everybody's best game. And then even outside of that, it seems like, I you know, the Zebras got some calls against <laughs> us that's mm-hmm. historically, and it's enough to make you think, you know, systematically, they they got it out against you. But what do you what do you tell the kids? You know, wh- what do you what do you do to help the kids with that? Like, you know, everybody's out to get you. Well, you said the zebras, and by zebras, I'm gonna go out on a limb and, and say you meant the referees, right? I we ain't gonna get shit for calls. <laughs> we ain't gonna get that. And, you know, and guys get held. They don't throw the flag. I don't care. Cause guess what? We're not gonna get it week one. We're not going to get a week two. You guys were at the game. We're not going to get a week 15. Don't let it be close enough to let the referees 
be able to influence it. See, see, that's a bullshit excuse to me, man. And, and I know that's a lot of people around town after that game. Um, shout out Simon says in the Tiger Store, thirty-two Lincoln Way East. <laughs> I had a lot of people in there talking to me about the referees after that state championship game. And, and, and my thing was, we let the, you know what I mean? Like, if we went out and we did our job and we started fast, all them bullshit calls is irrelevant. The referees didn't miss no tackles. The referees didn't miss any blocks. They didn't drop any passes. They didn't not execute a play the way a coach told mm-hmm. them to. We did that. Don't put that on the rest. Put that on us. Put that on us as coaches. Put that on us as players. I mean, yeah, I, I've when it, when it comes to this aspect, I've always kind of liked the idea of leave no doubt, mm-hmm. right? Leave no doubt. Mm-hmm. So whether a call goes one way or another, because it, it doesn't matter who you are or who you're playing, you're always going to say the other team got a call or two, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. No matter what. So when, you're only, when you only beat a team by three and the other team thinks you got two or three calls on them, you know, that makes a difference. I've always liked the idea, leave no doubt. Go out there, beat a team by 30, and no matter what your fans think, oh, they didn't call holding penalty once. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter. Irrelevant. We were clearly the better team. Go out there, leave no doubt, just no matter what. Mm-hmm. Tying back into what Hank said, um, you know, you're going to get everybody's best game, mm-hmm. no matter what. You know, that's Maslin through and through as long as you can remember. Looking through our schedule real quick. I mean, St. V's, they have a rivalry game with Hoban, but, you know, this is definitely a big game for them as well. Glen Oak, Warren, Penn Trafford from Pennsylvania coming to Paul Brown to see us. Firestone coming down to Maslin, even though we've been playing for a while. Fitch, Gateway PA, Barberton haven't played them in a while. Used to be a big rivalry. Louisville, big rivalry from last year. McKinley. We are the biggest game on every team's schedule. Yeah. That doesn't change. No matter what, you know, we've always been said that when you wear masculine on the front of your shirt, you have an X on the back, mm-hmm. right? Everybody's always coming after you. And, I mean, I think it's great that you have these masculine guys in place, uh, like yourself, and you can explain that to the kids. And Warren Harding, we've been playing for forever. It used to be a huge, sure. huge rivalry back in the day. Um I mean, how are you guys preparing for going into that game this week? Well, listen, Warren Harding holds a special place in my heart. Uh, I graduated, like we talked about, I was a graduating class of 2003. My senior year, we lost to the Warren Harding Raiders uh, in the Final Four game by a missed extra point. And it's kind of funny. We was talking about the referees and and everybody wanted to blame the kicker on that game. He, you know, he missed the extra point in overtime to send it to overtime. But you know what? There was ten other plays in that game that we we missed a tackle or missed a. It never comes down to one play. Mm-hmm. So it, it's kind of frustrating. You know, when when I talk to some of the people, even my age, I want to say old school guys, but I'm an old school guy at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? We was laughing earlier. I brought the hammer in tonight. This ain't the new hammer. This the O2 hammer. This is a hammer my group of guys, my trench life guys that I played with in 2002 won. Um, we brought this thing back to Coast Stew, and we were kind of joking in here that this hammer is older than a lot of these kids. So at this point, I'm the old head. You know what I mean? And I'm kind of embraced that. Um, it never comes down to that kicker, though. You know, there, there, there never comes down to that kick. 
uh, you know, I, I've heard Maslin's cursed. Maslin's this. Mas well, damn that. It shouldn't have came down to that kick. It shouldn't came down to that kickoff. It shouldn't came down to that drop pass. If we play the way we're coached to play and the way we train to play, I'm talking about this year. I don't give a shit about the past. Only thing, my, my purpose in life right now for coming back here, you know, I, I had a news reporter tell me he don't want to write that story. And I looked at him. I said, what story are you talking about? He said, 50 years since y'all won a state championship. Let that ride for a minute. 50 years. That's coming up. 1970, right? Mm -hmm. Am I right on yeah. that, Matt? That's yeah. the last time yeah. we won one? Yeah. So 2020? We ain't going to let that shit happen, man. Damn that article. You know what I mean? I I, I mean, that, that's my whole... When I heard that, I said, we can't let that article be written. And, and that's kind of the shit that motivates us every day is we're not interested in Final Fours. We've done that a lot. I've, I've been to four Final Fours as a player and a coach. I'm not interested in Final Fours. Yeah, if you look back at Maslin's history since 1970, you're going to find a history that a lot of schools would love to have mm -hmm. for their whole tenure. Mm -hmm. Not good enough here. Mm -mm. It don't mean a thing if you don't get that ring. Flat out, you know, and, and our kids embrace that. Our, our kids don't think it's good enough. Going to week 15 last year, I'm going to speak about last year. After that game, people weren't happy. A lot of teams would have been happy to make it 15 weeks and lose the hope in week 15. A lot of teams take that as a win. We was pissed off. You know what I mean? It, it didn't take me, but we, we get a 30-day grace period. We get the kids off in the offseason. I was chomping at the bit to get back at them. Mm -hmm. The kids was – they're texting me. Ten days after just – Coach, we want to get in there and squat. We want to get in there and lift. But, you know, like they was chomping at the bit to get back in that weight room and to get back after it. And, 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 and I think that speaks volumes of our kids. Getting there is not enough. Yeah. You know, Final Fours aren't enough. Ch state championship appearances aren't enough. If you don't win a ring, it don't mean a thing. And and I think all our kids would would agree with that. Yeah. After you know week fifteen last year, we heard um, that the kids were disappointed. Absolutely. Not disappointed that they lost. They they felt like they left. They let the town down. They felt they felt like they let the community down. The fans mm -hmm. down after going fourteen and one, mm -hmm. the yeah. most wins in school history. Mm -hmm. They felt like they let us down. Not mm -hmm. themselves. They let us down. Why Why do they feel like they let the community down after going 14-1? and one? I, mean, I mean, the goal here was simple. You guys go to the games. You guys stick around late. We do 15 push-ups at the end of every game, right? Yep. We don't do 13. We don't do 14. We don't train for 12 weeks. We don't train for 13 wins. We train for 15 wins in a ring that's it anything less than that it wasn't enough anything less than that you came up short uh, an appearance ain't good enough no more everybody does that everybody goes to state championship and loses nobody writes books about the losing team you know what i mean we want to be on the other end of that shit for one time you got a brick wall right <laughs> get me all amped up yeah that's uh -huh. getting me hyped I'm not trying to. <laughs> You're getting yourself hyped. Yeah. You're getting yourself hyped. Yeah, well, this is what I do on the sidelines, too. The yeah. 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 See, this is the problem. A little nudge. I get a couple real masculine guys like you start talking masculine football to me. And it's the same shit that happens pregame. Coach Weber gets fired oh, up. God. Coach Hack gets fired yeah. up. Coach Jar gets fired up. It ain't Coach Simon. I'm, I just got their back to the end of it. 
So when I see Webb get fired up and I see Hack and I see McConnell and Lino, I see them, I got their backs mm -hmm. because I'm in it with them. I got their back just like the players got each other's back. You knock our guy down, we coming for you. 11 strong on the field, we're coming for you. You know what I mean? Everybody's got each other's back around here. And that's why sometimes, you know, I got to do a better job as a coach. I always tell my kids this. Kids I coach. I coach the D lineman. It's a different position. It's not a nice guy spot. And, and, and you know what I mean? I tell them, you got to be able to flip that switch. Mm -hmm. You got to be a gentleman off the – you got to be a gangster and a gentleman. When you're on the field, you got to be an outlaw. People don't want to come see me on the field. When I'm off the field and I'm in a classroom setting, I'm walking the halls of WHS, I'm a gentleman. Yes, ma'am. No, sir. Let me get that door for you. You know what I mean? And that's what it is. So when we're on the field and we're pregame work and everybody's talking shit, and, you know, a lot a lot of times I'm the reactor because people is over there running their mouths towards us. I know I got to be the bigger man and, and, and let it and, and let it go. But, you know what I mean? Damn that. I got his back. You ain't going to be down here eyeing my guy up because he ain't going to let you eye me up. And, and that shit carries over to the game. You ain't going to outhit us. You ain't going to outplay us. You ain't going to outlast us. Right now, I'm getting kind of fired up. Damn all this talk. I wish we'd go get at, get after it right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, you said you got these guys eyeing you up on the sidelines pregame. Yeah. And I'm sure there's guys talking stuff, yeah, too, pregame. Yeah, always. What, what do you take from that, that, you know, you got every one of these guys, mm -hmm. like, wanting to talk stuff, wanting to look at you funny and all this stuff, when, you know, you watch, like, a normal high school football pregame, and everything's kind of normal. Everybody's just going about their business. Whereas us, it's almost, it's like watching the preamble to a bar fight. Sure. I, I think our kids look different. We move different because we train different. And, and people are trying to convince themselves. When you're over there and you're hollering down at me, you ain't worried about you. The reason I don't start no shit and our kids don't start no shit, we're not worried about you. You know, I don't care what, what play you're going to run. I don't care if it's if it's a run or a pass because we're going to be in our gap regardless. We're going to be where we're supposed to be no matter what it is you do. And I think the other teams, they look down and they say, shit, even if we're in our gap, we're in trouble with these cats. And I think it's a little bit of them trying to convince themselves that we belong. These dudes didn't skip leg day. When you look at us warm up, we ain't skip leg day. You know what I mean? Trust me, we ain't skip leg day. That goes back to what we do in January, February. Mar I know I keep saying this shit, but it's important. That's why we are who we are. You know what I mean? And that comes from Steve. St I keep saying Steve Studer's name because that's where all this shit was built on. Dan Studer is just carrying on what his dad put in place. He's the right man for the job. You know what I mean? And it's what makes us different. When people ask me what was, I used to say when I was in school, we was built different than you. And when they would ask me why you say that, it was a one-word answer. It was stew. You ain't trained like we trained all year. We take 30 years off, or 30 years. We take 30 days off after that last game, we're right back at it. You guys are still licking your wounds. We're training to beat you again. It's just different here. I think it's easy to coach this group of kids. It's not hard. You know, somebody asked me after that week 15 loss, they said, JP, is it hard to recharge the batteries and get back to work? And it's not because we're not motivating our kids. Our kids motivate us. 
you know, Coach Moore leaves these practices open to the play, to the to the fans, to the parents, to the booster club. Come check us out. Our kids go to work. You know what I mean? And, and that's why it's so easy to get up. And that's why it's so exciting. Like I was telling you guys off here, I love my – this ain't a job to me. When we're not in football season, I struggle with life. I don't know what to do with myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? Friday nights is for football. Friday, that, That's my going out. That's how I want to kick it. Let's go out there and win a, get a dub. Let's go do these 15 push-ups. And let's show people that we work harder than in the offseason. And, and that's a tribute to our kids, their character, their parents – their ancestor, because that's what them kids is working for. We talk about it all the time. If you need something, if you want to fight for something, and it ain't enough to look up in the stands and fight for that 80-year-old man walking the road double P, fight for your last name. You know what I mean? And that's the shit that we try to take with us every day into the weight room, onto the football field. Come watch our JV team. Listen, I, I volunteered to coach JV. I love coaching JV. Come watch our JV team this year. We're going to out-hit your ass. You might be faster than us. All that shit might not be. If you ain't, you in trouble. But we're going to go out there and we're going to compete. You know what I mean? And that's why it's so fun to coach at a place like this because our kids get it. You know, and I heard all this shit. I had to give a speech this summer. We do a retreat. We lock our kids in for a few days in August. And I had to give a speech on entitlement. You know what I mean? And, and shit, what was the other one? Entitlement and... And uh, there was another buzzword, something similar to that. But, <laughs> but the entitlement shit is like, it's cool to have nice shit. It's cool to have that indoor. It's cool to have this new weight room. Our kids respect it. And they respect it by going to work in it every day. They're not the type of kids that come in there and they say, look at us. We got better shit than you. We're prettier. Than no, it ain't about all that. We put our fingers in the dirt. We go to work every single day. If you're going to beat us, you're going to have to do it every play for four quarters. It's not going to be an easy win. You're going to have to come earn this shit. I mean, we, we definitely love all that you bring uh, to the table with that aspect and the whole mentality that the whole team has with it. Uh, so, With that idea, Maslin has been so successful in the past. They've been so successful these last couple of years. Is there ever an issue going into a game where the kids might not take it seriously or they're going into it thinking, hey, we're going to win by 50 because we always win by 50? I mean, how do they treat some of these games that, you know, the fans might write off? Because in our eyes, we ain't won shit in almost 50 years. I take that shit personal. When I hear all these people talk, and you guys hear it, let's be real. It's the Black Swarm podcast, baby. We're raw. People want to talk about these paper titles. How many times do you guys hear that shit? Oh, oh Maslin. Maslin ain't won shit since the playoffs started. You know what that shit does? That shit makes me mad right now. That shit's got my blood boiling even speaking mm-hmm. on it. Mm-hmm. Because it disrespects all them guys that played before us. You know what I mean? And, and that's why it's so damn easy to come out and be fired up every day. I don't, I don't struggle for juice. Our players don't struggle for juice. You know, as fans, they might think we're supposed to be warm by 30. But as players, we want to beat them by 60. We want to come out there and leave no doubt. You guys showed up. Now it's your problem. You don't want none of this, don't show up. Stay in the locker room. Forfeit the game. You step out on this field, we're coming. Flat out. Listen, it's been so long since we won shit about here. It's not just me as a coach. It's not just my other colleagues as coaches. It's the kids. 
It's the kids. It ain't us. I feel, I'm telling you, we feed off the kids. The kids are so sick of hearing the bullshit. Everybody wants to run their mouth about Madison. McKinley wants to. I hear McKinley talking about these damn state championships. Oh, you guys ain't won shit in 50. You guys ain't won shit since 98. Miss me with that shit. Let's see it on the field. You know what I mean? And our kids feel the same way. Come see us. I ain't worried about what you did in 98. I ain't worried about what we did in 70. What are we going to do in 19? All right. Well, I think uh, most solid walls have been run through at this point. <laughs> and, uh, you know, people are looking for new contractors, carpenters to <laughs> rebuild those holes. Moving on, because I have no follow-up to that. I, I can't follow that up. No. Can't do it. I, I got nothing. So, looking ahead to our opponent this week, Warren. You know, we, we like to get into stuff, at least I do, because I'm a nerd, a little schematically. Um, you're a defensive guy. Mm-hmm. What do you, So, you've, I'm sure, scouted their offense the most. Mm-hmm. What the, what's Warren going to look like walking in on a Friday night? Uh, Warren's a team this year. They replace all five offensive linemen. Right, they had a really good offensive line a couple a couple past years here. Um, they're replacing all five of them. They like to throw the ball. I want to say Coach Lino, Coach McConnell, every Saturday. I told you I'm at JV coaching. Them two dudes, they're in the lab breaking everything down. They know every play that Warren's ran, every formation they've been in. That's Spencer, Lino, Craig McConnell I'm referencing there. Um, I, I, I want to say that Warren throws like 55%, run 45%. So they're going to try to sling the rock around a little bit. As a D-line coach, I look at that as let's go get some sacks. Um, you know, Hack, Jar, they're some of the best. Co- you know, I feel so fortunate to coach with a group of guys like I'm on. You know what I mean? And, and we, we talked a lot off air about some stuff. I'm kind of new to the coaching thing. You know what I mean? This is year four for me as a, as a really a football coach. So I try to be the energy guy. Um, our X and O coach is the second to none. McConnell, Lino, Hack, Jar, and them guys over on offense, um, they do a great job of that stuff. Warren's going to come out and try to throw the ball. We're going to hit this quarterback. You know what I mean? And, and I don't feel like that's me talking shit. I, I know what we did all week. I know how hard our guys practice. Um, well, huddle now is a little bit different. You guys are younger. You probably had huddle when you played, right? Mm-hmm. Huddle's a yeah. Yeah, huddle. Huddle's a little bit new concept to me. I didn't have that when I played. We had to go in and we had to rewind it. And I was talking about Coach Page and Coach <laughs> Murph. Them guys used to give me the business on some film. You know what I mean? Now now they can sit in they can sit there on their phone and watch the huddle play. So they and and we can track that. We can see how much film each guy's watch. Our guys watch film. Our guys want to be great. It ain't us forcing them to do nothing. You know, a lot of them guys go in there and lift extra. They run extra. They take – when we go on scout team O, you know what I mean, or scout team D, our offense is practicing, our D lineman, C.J. Harris, Corey Campbell, Manny McElroy, the guys that aren't playing offensive line jump in there on scout D line because they want to get better every single day. They know they're not playing against Warren Harding or let's go through the schedule, Pentaf. We're not playing against them. Manny McElroy is not interested in playing Warren Harding. Manny McElroy is interested in being the best Manny McElroy he can be. You know what I mean? We don't give a shit who we play. That's what we said before you asked the question about you're supposed to beat this team by 30 or that team by 40. You're supposed to lose to this team by 7. 
that's for the fans, that's for the newspapers, that's for everybody but us. We're going to go out there and do what we practice doing every single day. As a D-line coach, that means winning the line of scrimmage. And if you got the audacity to drop back and try to throw the rock, we're going to come get you. I'm glad you could bring it all back around with that. Cause yeah, you know. It, it, it seems like every answer you come out with, it, it's just another brick wall is just getting run through. Listen, football is simple, man. <laughs> it's not a complicated game. It's blocking and it's tackling. If you win the line of scrimmage, you win the game. All that other shit is irrelevant. Everything else is fantasy football is for the fans. I don't care how many catches you got. I don't care about all that other shit. Who won the line of scrimmage? When we lost, the Hobie and Ami teams beat us at the line of scrimmage last year. Won. Look at the record. You tell me who it was. Yeah. As a former offensive and defensive, a little bit lineman, I I get it. Mm-hmm. I it's I fully understand that, and it's again, not a lot of brick walls are <laughs> staying intact after this podcast. Hopefully, that's so, why we bring the sledgehammers and the chains and all that shit. Heavy construction. <laughs> yeah, yep. I mean we we referenced it off air a little bit um, about the whole concept of owning the line of scrimmage. You know, mm-hmm. I, I referenced when Sean Crable came and talked to us before mm-hmm. the game and. His whole speech was about hold your spot, mm-hmm. don't let anybody push you back off your spot. And, you know that relates really well to you know linemen, people in the box. Uh, I mean that whole idea of you know holding your spot. Eleven people on a team on a field at once. Eleven versus eleven. Everybody has to do their own job. Everybody has to hold their own spot. But schematically, how big of a difference can it make if? let's say just one person loses his job. Sure. Well, you know, to, to build on what you said about Crable, that's the Steve Studer thing. And we talked that off here too. I, I obviously I play, I played offensive tackle here. Sean played defense. Coach Stu was real big on don't give him an inch. Don't give him shit. If it's a run play and you stalemate, you lost. You know what I mean? Win the line of scrimmage. Meaning, your feet go forward, his go backwards. It's a real simple concept. Um, as far as everybody being on the same page, the question you pose, is a defensive coach, Coach McConnell, what he tries to accomplish within his scheme is we want to build a wall. You guys are football guys. Everybody listening to this podcast is a football guy. We want to close down A gap so you got to bounce to B. Once you get to B, we got a guy there. you got to bounce to C. Once you get to see, you got to keep rolling because somebody's there too. Everything on our defense is predicated on bouncing it to the sideline because eventually you run out of field. And you either got to cut it back or you got to duck out of bounds. And if you cut it back, you might do it once. Yeah, and that's the uh, – I think we tried to go into that last year about what uh, spill defense versus mm-hmm. the funnel defense and – I don't know if we really got the point across, like, succinctly, but that's about it. If you cut back, it's disrespectful, and we're going to make you pay for it. (laughs) Take that shit out of bounds or come take this hit. There's succinctly, and then there's brick wall run through Lee. And and that's brick wall brick wall run through Lee. Yeah, and there's the whole concept of the the spill defense, right? Um, you know, so, you know, football, X's and O's, if you really want to dive into it, there's a hundred different mm-hmm. ideas that can go with it. Um, 
that is ours. It has worked extremely well for the last couple of years here mm-hmm. with McConnell yeah. and uh, the other coaches as well. Um, but, I mean, in general, I mean, can you just speak on uh, how our defense has performed the last couple of years? I didn't even, you know, since like, since I brought it up. I think since, since Craig's here, Coach McConnell's been here. I mean, that's when I moved to defense. My first year here, I was uh, Coach Mazur's assistant with the offensive line. Um, since I, since I moved back over to defense, it's it's really been a concept of, of what we just talked about of making everything bounce, of building that wall. Um, you know, if I'm a Sam linebacker and I know my responsibility is C gap, of trusting that my three tech's gonna be in B gap, and my inside linebacker's gonna be in A gap. And I think what you've seen this year, especially what you'll see going forward, because listen, everybody talks about this offense. These guys are good. I ain't, I ain't knocking them. I talk about them too. I mean, they'd be a nightmare. I'm glad we don't play us. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of weapons out there. But what I think people are going to open their eyes up to as we go forward, and I don't mind amping them up. I want to put some pressure on these guys. This defense is locked down and is going to be locked down because that's how they're close to be every single day. I think what you're starting to see now is year three of, okay, this is what we do. It's not reteaching everything. When we came in in the summer this year, it's, it's kind of just reinforcing, you know, points we've made in the past two years. Spill, make it bounce, don't get reached, own the line of scrimmage. You know what I mean? It's, it's the little shit that is going to add up. If you're supposed to be in the A gap, be in the A gap. Trust that your homie's going to be in the B gap. Don't jump over in the B gap. You know what I mean? And I think you're starting to see a little bit of that. We can always get better at it. Um, you know, and I and I know we take great pride in it. Coach McConnell will tell you, on our starting varsity defense right now, we've given up one touchdown. That's too much. We ain't happy about that shit. We expect it to be a shutout every game we go in. The offense is going to score 50. Coach Troxler, I'm going to put him on blast. He guaranteed me 50 a game this year. <laughs> well, you know what? We want shutouts. Winning 50 to 30, that ain't enough. We wouldn't win 50 to nothing. Take that shit home with what you came with. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, going back a couple of years now, Yeah. Um, I think it was McConnell's first year here, um, especially later in the year. Mm-hmm. I think the St. V game, does that sound right? Two I years ago? St. V game through the playoffs. St. V two years ago was kind of like when it really yeah. started into this just absolute shutdown defense yeah nobody talks about it you know defense there's not a lot of statistics Mm -hmm. that light up the box score defensively right so it doesn't get talked about all that much and when you do really good people just assume the other team was bad Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a lose-lose situation for your defense but i mean if people can really go back and look at the last you know all of last year, plus half the year before that, where the system really took place, our defense has been just, I mean, amazing. Absolute lights out. I mean, I don't know the exact statistics, but it amazing, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it's been an absolute lockdown defense. It's not something you see in the box score. Um, but pay attention to like when the defense is on the field. All of that stuff that kind of looks boring, you know, it's just a whole jumble at the line of scrimmage. Kind of what we're going for, mm-hmm. right? We're trying to block all of the holes for them to go to. 
Sure. Right? Sure. So you're not going to get a whole lot of individual stats, amazing mm-hmm. things in the box scores you can read about the next day. But the whole idea that teams aren't able to put long drives against us, you said our starting defense has only given up one score. I mean, if you go back to last year, I, I don't know what it was. I, I think we talked about it at one point, yeah, about what did. our starting mm-hmm. defense did you know, throughout the season. But just look at what they're able to accomplish as a unit, mm-hmm. you know, all together. It's not the prettiest thing in the sense of one person being amazing, but as a unit, we're able to shut down a lot of teams. And with the offense that we have and the coaches that we have, I think it really, you know, fares well for, you know, for the season. And we've seen that in wins the last couple of years. Um, but, I mean, we discussed Warren's offense a little bit. They're going to try to pass it on us, returning uh, – not returning any offensive linemen. They have to replace all of them. Hank, I think you were at the Booster Club meeting, right? Yep. What did they say about Warren's defense, if anything noticeable? So, defensively, they're still going to run a 3-3 stack. Mm-hmm. Uh, good luck, because we eat that for breakfast. That was one thing that didn't work well against us great last year. No. And if by didn't work well against us great, you Not mean at all. we ate it for breakfast. Didn't work at all. Shout it out for lunch. Ate it back for dinner, and it was back out by midnight. Wadsworth was determined that they were going to stay to their true three-three stack. Yeah. Switched after what a drive, and uh, it goes back to you can do that for one. Yeah, you can, you can try. do that for two. Yeah, you can't do it for four. Can't do it for four, especially with the concept we have. I, I, if you, the both of you actually want to jump into this a little bit, three-three stack. Without diving into you know the schematics to the people that may not completely understand, but the three-three stack compared to how our mentality works, our offensive mentality, where that trench-like mentality works, it's not always the best against the run, is what I kind of understand. Why is that you know not great against our masculine team? I don't care if they're in a three-three stack, a six-three stack, a ten. I don't give a damn about all their little stack shit. The reason why our offense is going to be successful is because we're going to win the line of scrimmage. Coach Mazur is going to make the X and O's adjustments. Listen, when we're not when we're not coaching defense, everybody in Maslin now, you know, I, when you guys played, it might have been different. When I played, it was different. We was all two platoon. Mm-hmm. If you was an O lineman, you was an O lineman. If you was D lineman, you was D lineman. Everybody practices everything under Coach Moore, and I think that's really smart because it builds depth. You know, and, and, and you've seen that a little bit last year. Week 15, we had guys playing for us in that state championship game. Uh, Mo Money was my guy. Big Mo up front was a nose tackle. He didn't play the first seven, eight weeks, and he just kept developing because Coach Moore, he says, listen, everybody's going to play both ways. We're going to get better every single day, and that shit builds depth. When I'm not coaching the D-line, I'm over in Coach Mazur's ear. I'm sitting right next to him. He looks at me and says, like, what's up, man? What you got going on? I said, I'm just trying to learn O-line play. You know what I mean? And, and and he handles the X's and O's of the shit. That's what a coach is supposed to do. What, uh, what our guys do as players is when I'm supposed to get this guy out of the gap, I'm going to get him out of the gap. And I don't give a shit what defense you run. If it's a 3-4, if it's a 4-3, if it's a 5-2, if it's a 3-3 stack, I don't, not, all that shit's irrelevant to me. I mean, and we can sit here and talk schematics, but it doesn't mean anything. It, to, to me, honestly, with the trench life group, it don't mean shit because we're going to dig you up out of there no matter where you're at. If you want to kick us out, we're going to wrong arm the shit out of you. If you want to try to reach us, we're not going to let you. You know what I mean? You're going to have to take that. Like I said, take that shit out of bounds or take this hit. 
when you play defense, and we're going to run the ball. We got Jaden Baller going here, Andrew Wilson Lamp going there, Aiden Longwell throwing the ball 60 yards. You guys see after the TD, he teed it up, the golf swing. Nobody caught that, did I didn't it? see it. Watch Longwell when he did throws he? one deep. Okay. He does that shit all day, every day. It's irrelevant. Up front at the line of scrimmage, we're going to run the rock. And if you're in a 3-3 stack or 4-4, whatever the hell you're in, we're going to coach our guys up to step the right way, and we're going to dig you out of there. I love the X's and O's of the game, but it, it, it don't mean shit. It's the execution of it. Everybody's got a plan. You know what I mean? There's a million different ways to play offense, and there's 10 million different ways to play defense. The way we do it, good luck. All right, I'm going to put my little pocket protector in and my fucking thick rim glasses on and say, you know, yeah, it, the Jimmy's and Joe's beat X's and O's all day, every day. Um, at the end of the day, though, as coaches, you guys have to still scheme up some sure. things one way or the other. Sure. And it seems like for the last two, three years, we've been able to eat the 3-3 three, three stack for breakfast, lunch, mm-hmm. and dinner. And no matter – I. As a defense, I get it. You got to stay in that. If if that's what you do, you have to play true to your identity and mm-hmm. try to do what you do. And you know, it's whatever happens from there. You have your adjustments built into that system. Um, but it just seems like we've had the advantage against the three-three stack, and that not many teams want to run it against us from there. And mm-hmm. Rob, you seem like you had something you wanted to say. No, completely off track. Continue. Here's the thing. If you put six guys in the box, right, you're 3-3 three, three stacked. I mean, if my math is right, that's six guys in the box. Mm-hmm. Yep. Correct? Mm-hmm. Who aren't you double teaming? You going to cover Jaden Baller single? You going to single up Wilson Lamp? You tell Who you who, who you not going to double team? Because go ahead, single one of them up. They might break a school record. Reference week <laughs> one stats. Yeah, I mean, with a 3-3 stack, um, so for those of you who don't know, a 3-3 stack is going to be three linemen with three linebackers behind them, and then there's going to be five others, which usually yeah. get referred to as your defensive backfield. But with a 3-3 stack, for those of you that might be more familiar, you usually have one or two of those guys play both in the box, out of the box, depending on the play, depending on the formation. Um, for whatever reason, we've had great success against that. Usually a team does that when, what, they're maybe a little undersized? Mm-hmm. They so usually they, have less size at line. You they're know, not huge, so they're trying line. to add some like hybrid-type players that can play both in the box and out of the box. Mm-hmm. Um, the issue is that with our trench life mentality, your half in half out box of the player doesn't match up well against our line um i don't know the x's and o's i'm not a lineman but point is it works really well for maslin right um so warns has been running that and we expect them to try to run that against us and it can be a successful defense you know, Absolutely. If if run correctly with yeah. the right people, it, it it's not like we're automatically going to score a hundred against no. them because they run the right. three three stack. No, it's right. Teams don't. You wouldn't run it if it's just a, at a disadvantage off rip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's going to be the best possibility for their roster, their both their coaching staff. Um, 
so I mean, don't go into it thinking just because a team runs a three-three stack that we're automatically going to beat them by a hundred because that's that's absolutely not the case. Otherwise, they wouldn't run the three-three stack against us. Um, but going into that idea, uh, I know you said you worked with Mazer mm-hmm. for a year mm-hmm. um, on the offensive side. When we had Mazer on last year, he talked about all of the different alignments sure. that he had on the scout team to where our starters saw 10, 11, 12 different alignments during practice. Mm-hmm. So then Friday was easy. He always said that he wanted Friday to be the easiest day of the week for them. Absolutely. I know you spent one week with them. I know you obviously you still coach with them now on the different side of the ball. How do you see that from his coaching philosophy, and does that translate to what you guys do on defense? Absolutely. So Mazer also scripts everything out. He's the one that's, you know, drawing up scout team cards. Um, don't let me speak incorrectly. I believe Mazer does everything run. Troxler does everything pass. He sets it up so when we run a play in practice, we run it into the worst-case scenario. You know, if a team's blitzing our Mike linebacker A-gap, we probably got an A-gap run play going on. He wants to see how do we handle worst-case scenario. You know what I mean? What do we do if the defense picks the best power-stopping blitz and we have power data? Because we don't know. We don't Mm -hmm. know what the hell they're going to run. We can't dictate what they're going to run. So what what I think our offensive coaches do, everybody, not just Mazer, Mazer obviously is the run game coordinator. He's He's a big influence on this. But he really sets us up of we run into the worst possible scenario all week long. We get into a game, and it's not always that. We might have a right play called. You know what I mean? And now you're playing with house money. And, and, and the same thing with Coach McConnell. It, it's, it's the same thing on the other side of the ball. If we're blitzing, McConnell's probably got a screen drawn up. Mm-hmm. We want to see if guys going to retrace or they're just going to fly upfield like they ain't got no sense to them. All this shit I talk about gassing guys up and working harder and playing hard, you still got to play football. You can't go out there and just run around like a chicken with your head cut off. You know what I mean? It's controlled aggression. The aggression part's usually the hard part. We're to the point now where we're working on the controlled aspect of it because everybody wants to hit you. You know what I mean? And that's the part that becomes fun as a coach. We don't have to coach effort. We don't have to coach aggression. Right now, we're coaching assignment football. Be controlled with your aggressive. When you get there, man, let them feel you. Let them feel everything about you. Don't let them ever forget who you were. But you got to be under control until you get there. And I think that's on both sides of the line. You can't be an offensive lineman pulling around there with your head down, ready to, you know what I mean, out of control. But once it's time to hit, unload on his ass. Don't save shit. Well, again... I got nothing to follow that up with. <laughs> Rob, anything? No. I mean, we, we've gone over this, you know, plenty of times. And honestly, we've we've gone through this plenty of times that won't make the edit. Yeah. Uh, just because every time you talk, you, you just kind of leave us, you know, without Speechless. words. Speechless. Stream it live. Stream it live. <laughs> Stream it live. <laughs> hey, uh, listen, though, but Mazer on some, on some Russian. Mazer was the X's and O's guy. You know what I mean? McConnell's the X's and those guys. Lino's the X's and those guys. I know my role. That's that's the great thing about where we're at is there's no egos, mm-hmm. especially on our coaching staff. Like, we don't need no credit. Like, listen, Craig, it's your defense. Tell me what you want. You know what I mean? I'm the effort coach. I don't go out there and try to act like what I teach these guys is any 
I, I'm not breaking breaking new shit here. It's the same stuff everybody's been doing for a hundred years. Yeah, we're just gonna do it harder than you and longer than you. You know what I mean? If I sit here and I tap this table, eventually this table's gonna crumble. Yeah, and that's yeah. how we go into every game. You gonna crumble? Chinese water torture. Yeah, probably sooner you tapping it than yeah. most others. It it is a homemade table. And that's a good you, quality table, though, man. You're a pretty yeah. strong guy there. It's yeah. a good quality table. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the one thing that we've picked up from well, all of our guests, mm-hmm. but, I mean, Cale Miller talked about it last week, is that all the coaches leave their ego at the door, like you Absolutely. just said. Absolutely. And he said when you walk into the meetings or practice or whatever and, you know, you say something out loud, you're free. Everybody's free to say whatever they think. Mm-hmm. At the same time, mm-hmm. all of the other coaches are free to say how dumb or great of an idea that is. I mean... How has that all played together as a group, having that open mentality to where you're just trying to find the best result no matter what? Mm-hmm. And can you compare that to where you've been elsewhere? Um, I think that's really a big uh, – uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That's that's really a big uh, – I mean, pat on the back, I wouldn't call it to Coach Moore. He's done a really good job of letting guys coach. Um, I think almost every person to a man on this staff was a very successful player. You know, a lot of guys played some college football in this group. Um, A lot of guys played college football for free in this group. So there's a lot of valid opinions. And and you hit on it. There's there's no egos. If if somebody comes in and they have a suggestion, we're going to listen to it. We're going to talk through it. You know, I know you guys know Coach Jar. Everybody loves Coach Jar. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Coach Jar is a fan favorite, right? Oh, yeah. Coach Jar is the guy, we call him the human rain delay. <laughs> if you come to practice on a Thursday, you might catch me out there with an umbrella. I take my umbrellas out there, human rain delay, right? Jar's always got an idea. We love Jar. And most of them is good ideas. You know what I mean? So everybody gets heard. Um, we dissect it usually on Saturday. Saturdays is kind of the day. We're in there all day. We throw some shit at the board. If you, if you got an idea, throw it up there. We'll beat it up. If it if it stands the test, it sticks. If it don't, it gets out. But nobody takes shit personal. You know, if, if I got a great idea about, you know, we're going to line up in a three-eye, four-eye shape, however it is, and it's not a good idea and everybody, we go around the room with it and it comes back to me, it's not a great – cool. Mm-hmm. I'm not – it's not about me. It's not about Coach McConnell. It's not about Coach Lino. It's not about Coach Hack. It's about that ring. And I think that's the special thing you got brewing right now in Maslin is that the coaches don't give a shit. We don't care about a Final Four. We don't care about I, – I, I mean, we talked about it earlier. The playoffs in Maslin start week 10. Yeah. You got to win the last six here. Not the last five. It's the last six. Everything else is irrelevant. And whatever is helping us accomplish that goal, everybody's all in on. If it doesn't help us accomplish that goal, leave it at the door. You know what I mean? Because you're whatever you thought coming into this, or whatever your ego was coming, it's irrelevant. It doesn't mean anything. Just like the starting whoever player, if he's got a great idea, if it doesn't fit within the scheme, it don't mean shit. You know what I mean? We're all on the same page. We're all working for the same goal. Anything outside of that is noise. Anything outside of that is for the fans to talk about. It's for Yappy to talk about it. Whatever the cool <laughs> shit is now, it doesn't. It doesn't reach us. It doesn't hit our ears. You know what I mean? We're we're out there focused from from the head coach to to the last guy on the roster. Everybody's got the same focus. We don't train to to beat Warren Harding. We train to win a state championship ring. 
You know what I mean? Beating Warren Harding is just a part of that process. Beating McKinley is a part of that process. You know, it's a faceless opponent. I don't give a shit who it is. It, it, it's not about them. It's about us. And I think that's the difference on this team, really, than I've seen. You asked me other places I've been. I've been to some other high schools. I've been, you know, obviously in college. It's really not about us. Or it's not. Re it's really not about them. It's always about us. You know what I mean? It's about how do we execute. They didn't do nothing to beat us. We didn't do something to win. You know what I mean? That's we, Everybody just takes ownership of their position. You know, we got a saying, if they suck, you suck. We got good kids that they buy in, they work hard. If something ain't right, it ain't the kid's fault, it's the coach's fault. He wasn't instructed well enough or enough, you know, and he wasn't told enough times. He wasn't told clearly. That's not his fault. He showed up for every workout. He worked his ass off. He squatted. He ran. He benched. He cleaned. He was at practice. You as a coach didn't get him ready to go. And, and, and I think that's what's different about it is we really take that ownership. If our guys ain't performing – if the D-tackles ain't performing this week, put it on Coach Simon. Flat out, I'll take it. You know what I mean? It, it, if, the, uh, if the QB ain't performing, call Trox to shoot Trox an email on Monday. <laughs> He'll take it. You know what I mean? That's just where we're at with it. We don't blame. We don't point the finger. Somebody don't. If somebody's not doing something right, we fix it. We address it. You know what I mean? And that's from, like I said, the top man from Coach Moore to the last guy on that roster. Everybody feels the same. Yeah, so to touch in on that real quick, um, so kind of two different points here. We, we've talked about this whole X's and O's versus Jimmy's and Joe's concept, right? Yep. We've, we've mentioned that. I can recall a Maslin coach once talking about a certain player. I'm not going to say when it was, how long ago, who or who the coach was. But he said he's not really fast enough to be on the field. He's not really big enough to be on the field, but he does everything right. Mm -hmm. He does his job perfect. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the exact opposite of this. When it comes to a scheme defense, can you talk about how if somebody just does his job every single play, whether it's, you know, hit your one gap, hit your two gap, mm -hmm. play the curl to flat, whatever it is, how does that help? the entire team schematically. I get to Jimmy's and Joe's argument. I hear it. I mean, it's almost an overstated thing in sports now. You know what I mean? Everybody talks about the Jimmy's and Joe's, X's and O's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But to me, I'm a student of the game. I like to go back and look at who won and why. Not just, you know, if you look at the state championships, they're usually the teams with the best GPAs. They're usually the teams that everybody did their job. More often than not, it's not the most talented team. So that Jimmy's and Joe shit's great when, the, when you want to sell tickets and, and, and make the playoffs. But that, like we talked about already, we don't give a shit about that. We want that ring. And if you look at the teams that win them rings, it's the most disciplined teams. You know, it's, it's the teams that don't got a lot of internal shit going on. There's not bad grades. There's not trips to the principal's office. You're not dealing with off the field, you know, issues with the law. All that shit, all that shit is a distraction. Go to school, you know, be a gentleman, get good grades, and then come out here on this practice field and be an outlaw for two hours. That's all we asking for. Is football is the only place on the planet. It's why I think I kind of gravitate towards football. And, and sometimes I still struggle with the shit. It's the only place where you're allowed to go out there 
and punch somebody in the mouth and you don't get arrested. You know what I mean? What else, where else can you, if you piss me off and I'm an offensive tackle and you're a DN, I'm coming at you the next play. I can't do that in the real world. Sometimes I do and it gets me in trouble. You know what I mean? But that's not, but, but it's the, it's the one, it's the, it's the modern day gladiator, man. It's the one place where you, you just outwork people and, and we're going to show in front of everybody. You know what I mean? It, it, it just is what it is. And you're going back to talking about a guy that just buys into the defense. I talked about that. We want to build that wall from center to sideline. If I got a Mike linebacker, for example, our guy's great. Ben Creekbaum, three-year starter. Love him. Love me some Creekbaum. So I'm, not, I'm just using it just in general. Your Mike linebacker, he can be a five-star stud. If he's supposed to be in the A-gap and he's in the B-gap, that Jimmy's and Joe's shit don't mean nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that that's where that's where that next level stuff comes from. You can have a bunch of pretty players that look good and have all these stats, but you ain't gonna win shit. The teams that win shit are the teams that they get their stud linebacker in the A gap where he's supposed to be. And if he's not a five star and he's a four star and he's in the gap, you win. The five star that's out of his gap loses to the four star that's in his gap. Every time. Well, I got nothing to follow up with. Again. For Shocker. Shocker. Fifth time this evening. Shocker. And you're looking at me like I'm supposed to have it. Well, I talked last, so you talk next, right? No, you look is at that, me with puppy dog is eyes. Is that not like, how? Yeah, I was lost. Yeah. I was lost. I'm I, that's what I thought. I'm so sorry. All right, so you threw this paper in front of me that has some rapid fire questions on it. Because so... I know you need the help. Yeah, I I haven't done much research lately. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. So I got help now. There you go. I, you guys are a great team, man. You I really brought feed a list. Off each other. I brought a list with we me. We try. Yeah. I brought a list of like 20 questions. It's yeah. it's all in Hank's handwriting. Uh. Yep. Yep. And you brought uh, my list. I brought it with me. It's really nice. They're handwriting. all mine. Thank you. That's right. And uh, okay, the whole idea. You you listened to all our podcasts. Absolutely. JP Simon, big black swarm guy. This Absolutely. this is a long time coming. Big black swarm. Um, guy. If, if you if you haven't noticed, he's a busy guy, right? He's running. You know, Simon says downtown. They're doing all of these great promotions, all the great shirts and other stuff as well. Let's go check him out downtown. Busy guy. We finally found a chance to get him on with us. Um, he knows exactly how this goes. We're gonna answer a bunch of ask a bunch of rapid fire questions. Don't look at me like that, Hank. And, Before uh, we get into that. Yeah, go for yeah, it. Go. What do you got? I got a bone to pick with these guys. Bring it. All right. Bring go. it. Let's roll. And, and I kind of hinted at them. It's I got the an Black Swarm Podcast. It is yeah, the Black Swarm Podcast. Is. And we had Kale Miller start the year Great off. Guy. Great guy. He's an okay guy. <laughs> He's an okay guy. I love yeah, Kale I Miller. Yeah, Shout yeah. out, Kale. Now that you yeah. say it. Yeah. Hey, listen. Yeah. Kale's okay. an avid Black Swarm Podcast listener. Mm-hmm. Shout out, Kale. Yeah. For sure. But you got to get more defensive guys on here. We sit in the room. We don't feel the love. We don't feel the love. We don't. Hey, listen. We don't feel the love. Where's our defensive coaches at? Yeah. Where are they at? We in here. You're in here. We're in here. <laughs> You're in here. I'm just giving you guys shit. We love what you do. We love what we, you do. We love all I, the coaches. I had to poke at Kale Miller a little bit. <laughs> oh, you, he used to be a West Side Crosses guy. He's recently turned to East Side Crosses mm. guy, even though he's hanging out on the West Side. Uh-oh. We yeah, won't get into details well, on that. That's all right. Uh, I mean, we, you know, as you can imagine, 
and we've mentioned many times this is not a professional operation <laughs> by any means um not by I mean, any let, measure let's let's see here it is wednesday well technically thursday now yep at 12 40 a.m not a lot of the coaches are capable of <laughs> kind of doing this type of thing right yeah. um not that we usually do it this late but perfectly fine uh no bone to pick with the defensive guys. We heard that last year. <laughs> They're always welcome on. We had Jar on last year. We had Lino on last Jar's year. Jar's a special teams guy, though. Jar's just special teams. Jar, yep. No, I'm just talking. He, he goes corners. <laughs> he <laughs> goes <laughs> corners. Take it away from him. Just special yeah. teams. Love guy. you, Jar. <laughs> uh, we welcome all guests, Absolutely. right? Um, so it's not like we're favoriting one or the other. Just a lot of people have other things going on. They have families. They have different things that they got to do. Wake up early in the morning. They go to sleep at 6 p.m. Good for them. Um, point is, we welcome everybody on, not just offensive guys, even though their statistics are a lot more fun to talk about than the defensive statistics. Uh, but the point is, uh, we're going to jump into these rapid-fire questions. Absolutely. Hopefully, you can give us some good answers real quick off the top of your head. I haven't read through this list yet, so it's going to be fun for me as well. Uh, so, Hank, how about you start it off? Oh, how very generous of Listen, you, Rob. Listen, you wrote the wrist. list. Just go for it. Yep. Okay. Go-to pump-up song. One more time. Go-to pump-up song. Go-to pump-up song. Yeah, you need it. Yeah. Listen, What man. are you playing? Listen, man. You guys little John guys? Oh, yeah. Back in 01, yeah. You got to throw it up. Throw it up. John, yeah. throw it up, man. That was my shit. It Listen. lasts a little bit longer. Pastor Troy comes in. It goes mm-hmm. bananas. Yeah, I, I used right. to love that in second grade. Yeah, second grade, <laughs> man. There, there's a little bit of an age difference here. Yeah, 03 um, OG. Just there. <laughs> 03. 03 would have been third grade. Yeah. Right? Is yeah. that right? You were in second grade? No, that was no. third grade for me. Okay, well, well I was in fourth grade. grade. If, if, if you're asking me about the pump of songs, these kids, listen, man, I'm not that old guy that tries to act hip. What's I don't, your? I, I yeah, what's your? I'm Little yeah, John, man. Let's get crazy. Little John. Throw it up. Little John, throw it up. Nothing wrong with that. All right, so they're making a movie about you. Okay. You know, great movie. Yeah. You know, obviously. Who is playing you in the movie? Denzel. Denzel? Denzel? Denzel all day. And why is that? I feel like Denzel could capture my character. I feel like he's a really, he, you know what I mean? I feel like he did a great job at American Gangster. I feel like he did a great job in Training Day. I feel like he could really capture the J.P. Simon motive and the J.P. Simon character. Yeah, I, I actually see that. He looks yeah. a little bit like me. I know like a lot of guys say you look like Leo and you look like Baker. Yeah. I've got a lot of Denzel, you know, oh, comparisons. And you oh, see I a little see bit. It. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. He had a beard in one of his movies, didn't he? What? Uh, I, 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 that one that nobody watched. Yes. Yeah. I'll take your no, word for it. No, it's a Western. It. Yeah. It's yeah, 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 a Western? Yeah. Okay. He had a beard. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Denzel. I could see the lookalike. You know, it's almost like. Looking in the mirror for you. And I need a five star. I can't take one of these new guys. I need a, I need somebody that's proven. Give <laughs> oh, me Denzel. Sure. All right. All right. <laughs> so kinda on that note, what is the first thing people notice about you? Mm. Hopefully hopefully it's the passion I have for this program. Um, you know, sometimes I let my emotions hang on my sleeve a little bit. Uh but, but I think it's the right reasons. You know what I mean? I got my guys back because I know they got my back. And it's been like that since I was here in 03. Sometimes I'm a little too animated pregame, during the game, all that shit. But, I mean, it comes from a good place. You know what I mean? It's never about them. It's always about us. 
a big thing we had last year was we used to start slow. I hate that shit. Come out of the locker room, you know, second quarter we start playing. Damn, now let's go from the beginning. Early and often. I'm yelling that shit at them all pregame. You guys are down there. You hear me early and often. That's all I'm hollering at them. Let's get the party started early. So if somebody sees me first thing, I, I hope they see how much I care about this place, how much I care about this program, and how bad I want to win a ring, not from my finger, but to put that banner up. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that, you know, everybody's going to take away from this podcast is, you know, how much you care and how passionate you are. Whoa. Oh, no, you're fine. Keep going. Oh, oh. I'm still good? Yes. Yeah. thought I closed out the computer. Nope, oh, keep talking. Well, uh, so... We've talked about it a couple times, on air, off air, east side, west side, mm-hmm. Krause's Pizza. I know you have a favorite, but what kind of toppings mm. do you get on your pizza? I'm a pepperoni sausage guy. Okay. You know what I mean? I know that's a little bit traditional. I don't get real wild with my pizza. Definitely a west side Krause's guy. I kind of sneak in the pizza oven. Even though my man Stu used to say he don't go east of Kmart, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Sometimes I think, I think Danny Danny's mom actually owns the breastfeeding center out there, so we we changed it a little bit. You can go at least that far, and I think pizza oven falls into that. Okay, yeah, you know what I mean. So we go pizza. If I go pizza oven, it's just sausage. Don't mess with their pepperoni. Everywhere. Remember Armando's? You guys remember Armando's pizza? Not at all. Vaguely. I was Maybe. a little kid. You guys probably don't remember that uh, shit. The name yeah. sounds might be familiar. Eminent Domain got him. He, remember what Tiger Store could was? Be confider- was? Could he, be getting it confused with something else yeah. entirely. I mean, was that your old neighbor or I, Armando? I, I don't know. I have no it's, idea what that is. He's being Armando's could guy. Be, could be my newspaper guy. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Krause's West Side. And I love my man Smiley. Shout out Smiley's Pizza oh, downtown. Oh, yes. I do. I do uh-huh. like Smiley's. Hey, underrated wings. Everybody talks really? about the Italian for Go get Smiley's wings. Listen, I love... A smiley stromboli. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, I'm Smiley's a good dude. I don't know if you know him. Everything's made with love. Mm-hmm. The Smiley's a good. And dude. just while we're shouting out everybody else, yeah, Jay's Pizza, Jay's Pizza, West Side Classic. Just throw it out yep. there. Just throw what it are out we there. about a block somebody, away from West? Pull out a yellow block yeah, away from Jay's. Just naming off people. Yeah, pepperoni sausage at Jay's. Grew up on it. All right, half sheet baby. <laughs> there you go. Uh, make me hungry. All right, moving on. You're stuck on a deserted island. Mm-hmm. What one coach on staff right now do you bring with you? Dan Hackenbrack. <laughs> That's uh, we've heard that. Before. Yeah, second, third. Well, first multiple. Well, that we get the uh, yeah yeah first multiple. Dan Hackenbrack is, yeah. is a guy that he's all he, he he's a, he's the most interesting man in the world to me. He's always got a good story for you. He, you know, he's a, he's a big heart guy, always in a good mood. You know, we talked about it all fair. I've never seen Hack yell at anybody. I've never seen Hack upset. He's just always in such a great mood. He's like a ray of sunshine. Everybody loves Hack. Oh, yeah. It's, like you said, big heart guy. That's Big gonna, heart guy. You know, you get that on a stick, you get yeah. on a fire. That's yeah. going to get you yeah. going for at least another couple of days or so. I heard, I heard he's a uh, hell of a fisherman. So we would eat good with Hack on the island. Kale, Kale, we could get Kale out there, we'd all starve. (laughs) Couldn't catch a fish (laughs) to save his life. Kale thinks he can fish. Catfish Kale, that's a self-given nickname. Yeah, I don't know about his fishing skills. Nah, no Uh, good. Shot in the dark, what sound does a kangaroo make? I feel like they bark. Do they? They bark. Like a tree, not a dog. Like an Australian bark? Yeah. What does an Australian bark sound like? Huh. (laughs) 
<laughs> Australian Bart. A kangaroo. I, if I got to be real, I think a kangaroo probably makes like a, they probably got like a high pitch sound to okay. holler at all their boys to get them to help out. Mm-hmm. All right. I feel like kangaroos roll solo, but they always got a crew. Out in the distance. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You yeah. got that pouch, this pouch don't stay empty, does Listen, it? Listen, that's a whole different meaning to getting jumped. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hate you so much. <laughs> Joey and his boys, right? Yeah, Joey and the boys. Joey and the boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so last year we kind of made the thing about, you know, is a hot dog a sandwich. Mm. I think we put that to bed. Um, if you want to add to Still it real quick. Inconclusive. What, what did we come up with? What was your guys' thoughts? No on? answer. So, okay. I'm going to put it to bed right now. Yeah. A sub sandwich is a sandwich, correct? Sure. Subway sub. And yeah. I mean, yeah. Foot long sub, yeah. A hot dog is a slider version of a sub. Oscar hmm. Meyer said a hot dog is a sandwich. Yeah. And that's Oscar Meyer. Who are you going to? Hmm. You going to tell them they're wrong? Yeah. Right. There's a place in, in, in uh, Menor, Ohio called the, the Dog House. They got a, a hot dog on the menu called the Home Wrecker. I think it's a 12-inch fully loaded. I'm not sure where the name comes from. Yeah, it's a mystery. It's a great hot dog. And I'm going to go on the record and say it's a great sandwich. Okay. All right. That's what I like to hear. It might be our first guest to ever say that. <laughs> and, and you know what? It's going to be the last two because that puts it to bed. Puts it's it a mouthful. Hot, there you go. Hot dog is a sandwich. We get it, JP. I'm with you. So what All is... Right. All right. What's the new one? So the new one. Now, everybody knows what a Pop-Tart is, correct? Sure. That's branded. Yeah, that's, that's branded. <laughs> but everybody knows, you know, a little Pop-Tart. Yeah. Toaster, strudel, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, those are two completely different things. Same concept. Roughly built, you. same kind okay, of pastry. Same Aluminum foil same pastry. goes in are the toaster. Yeah. Same pastry. Okay, same yeah. page. Is a Pop-Tart a ravioli? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's next level shit now. Yeah. It's yeah. a Pop-Tart, a ravioli. Well, I think the original Pop-Tart was invented in Sicily. So it's an Italian delicacy. Without, so I'm going to go with, yeah, a Pop-Tart is a ravioli. Without fact-checking any of that? I just love it. That just trust correct. me on that. I just, and, uh, yes. I love just diving right into it. Yep. Pop-Tart is a ravioli. Yep. Final answer. Just roll with that. Final answer. Yep. Huh. Final answer. Oh, boy. Uh, do you believe aliens are real? Yes. All right. They all live in Canton. <laughs> okay. Do you believe extraterrestrials are real? <laughs> yes. Do they also live in Canton? No, they, they, okay. some do. Yeah. Some. Well, I, yo, listen, I, some. we knew that part. I think there's a lot of stuff going on we don't understand, so we can't be the only ones. I can get down with that. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. Now, is that your favorite conspiracy? Say, you know, conspiracy theory, kind of off the wall thought, or what is your favorite conspiracy theory outside of the Lizard Man of Lee County? That that was going to be the one I nope. went with. No, nope. we've um, been beaten to death by now on this podcast. Yeah, the 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 one thing I think is is Coach Troxler and a quarterback have been deflating the footballs before practice. It's, you know, mm-hmm. we go into seven on sevens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think there's a little bit of that Tom Brady, Bill Belichick going I mean, on there if it, with if it works. deflating. If it works, if you're not yeah. cheating, you're not trying. I'm That's with it. the Trox. Well, there you go. But but somebody get a tire gauge on them balls. Get a tire gauge. Yeah. 
<laughs> Throwing his own team under the bus. All right. Man, them offensive guys, man. You can't trust them. <laughs> can't trust offensive Can't leave. We're talking about the Black Swarm podcast. Black Swarm. Black Swarm. Black Swarm. All right. Um, I mean, I'm done. Rob, you uh, you about all questioned out? No. I what had, you got, Rob? I had one more, but I forget which one it was. Hold on. We got to give Rob's shirt a shout out real quick. What's my man's with, got a. What's up with my shirt? That's a great shirt. It's got Rocky and Clubber Lang on it. And, and I don't even think these guys was born when this movie came out. We, we was having a little discussion earlier. Mm-hmm. Clubber was definitely Rocky Three. I, 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 I yeah. went back into my mind. Was and it? The Russian yeah. was Rocky At first Four. I said two. Two was the it, rematch with Apollo. Okay, so Apollo was one and two. Apollo was one and two. He and tied then, in one and beat him in two. And then Clubber Lang, Mr. T was three. Three. Hulk yeah, Hogan. Was, Remember Thunderlips? No. Thunderlips was Hulk Hogan. I don't remember. He beat Hulk Hogan all. in an exhibition How did you match. You can't don't remember. Listen, you're just We're taking this questioning side. me right you're now. How do you side with Thunderlips? Listen, I remember Rocky one. Yeah. And then I kind of just jumped to Rocky four. I'm sorry, Rocky four. I can, I can speak every quote of that movie. Rocky four ended the Cold War. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, I mean there's no doubt about it. It's a historical fact. Hack a, is a history teacher. He'll tell you. We're going to have to get Stack. Hack on to talk about Rocky IV. And that desert island with me. And the desert island. Yes. Fun fact about the desert island thing. We, we talked about Hack was mentioned before. Yeah. Everybody I remember when you asked Dan Studer <laughs> who he wouldn't want <laughs> to be on a desert island with him. Yeah. He also said Hack. But also for a respectable reason. Yes. He said that Hack, was, Hack was strong enough and... Definitely dedicated enough Stu and yeah. crazy enough that you if, know, if he you don't wouldn't fi- be able to win against yeah. Hack. If, if you did. don't find another source of food and you're with Hack, he's going to kill you and eat you. You lost. Yeah. yeah. But we'll find some. I got faith in his fishing. He's definitely we'll the guy you want with him yeah. in a two-man game. Yeah. yeah. That's just, how I was You just don't want to go just, one-on-one yeah, against him. Yeah, I was going to say, you don't... You hope that two man, the two-man game doesn't turn into one-on-one. Yeah, you'd love to be with Bear Grylls. Yeah. Mm-hmm. While it's going good, yep, sure, yeah, it just made me not want it's going bad. Yep. And for the record, I would Stu's a close second to take with me on that island, but you know I need Stu to stay back here on the mainland and keep designing T-shirts for the Tiger Store at Thirty Two Lincoln Way East, right across from Smiley's. Use the alley entrance during construction. <laughs> Go down there and get yourself some Maslin gear. Yeah. Uh, so I, I figured out what question I was going to ask. There we go. All right. So, Coach Simon, we always see you on the sideline. You're always pumped up. You're always out towards the field. You're really excited. Besides yourself, which coach on the staff needs a holdback guy? Man, I think, uh, man, again, I, I I know it might sound like I, I keep giving him love, but it's Dan Hackenbrack. Hack's usually the reason I'm out there on the field. You know, Hack's a guy that he catches eyes with the other team's coach, and it's, it's just going to be a long night for that guy. <laughs> um, you know, Hack's an old-school Tiger, and I think we all feed off his energy a little bit. A lot of the times when it looks like I'm out there engaging with another coach, what it really is is me trying to break it up and pull Hack back. So I think a lot of the time I get a lot of the – yeah, I get a lot of the, the flack from Hack. It's usually Hack and Brack starting, though. Yeah. Jar, Jar's a big contr- – you guys know – Coach Jar, we know Jar. Oh yeah, Coach Jar gets fired up too. Um, Usually in a fun way, but a lot. Jack uh, Hack and Jar are both two guys that we really got to pull back. 
mm-hmm. and, and it's something that we're, we make a conscious effort of as a staff to get those two kind of under control. <laughs> you got to reel them yeah, back in. No, not just not yeah. just the trench life thing. No. You know, those secondary guys, yeah. they'll get after Trench life guys Actually, are always under control. Yeah. Secondary and yeah. just the special teams guy yeah, yeah, yeah. is what we said. Yeah, you, know? you, you guys ain't wired, right? We know where to draw the line at. Yeah. It's these... Secondary, it's a secondary, guys. and you know, you know what guy. they call all that uh, seven on seven stuff and fo- football without linemen is just a veggie burger to me, man. I tell them that every day when they do. Say, I said, "Where the linemen at? Mm-hmm. You guys down there in the corner?" I said, "Man, that's like eating a veggie burger." Would you be willing to try an impossible burger, impossible Whopper thing from Burger King if we had it here for free? That came up in the coach's office the other day. <laughs> you know, we, what we talk was about the discussion. We talk about a lot of really important things in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, and what what really came, what really you know came up from that was, who's eating these Impossible Whopper? Is it vegans that really don't eat meat, or is it people that eat meat that want to see if this burger tastes like meat? I and, think it's the latter. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, and and me, if I go to Burger King. I mean, you can't. Everybody's here has had a Whopper. Whoppers mm-hmm. are awesome. I'm not gonna mess with a Whopper. Yeah. If I'm in the drive-through, if I'm gonna go that route, give me the Whopper. Okay. Give me everything on it. You know what I mean? Give me the fries and give me a Diet Coke. Okay. It's almost bathing suit season, man. <laughs> bikini, <laughs> but you would, you would try season. one yeah. if we had it here. I don't know. Or you just say, nah, I don't need. Out, to. out of the, out of the spirit and the love I got for the Black Swarm podcast, I'm taking a bite. All right. I like that. I'm going to try it. I'm I appreciate that. Oh, I I'm appreciate that for sure. Yeah. I'm all in. All right. So, I mean, I got nothing left. Rob, you out? I'm about tapped out. Yeah, I am very tapped out. So, uh, well, I guess to thank our uh, future sponsor, J.P. Simon yeah. of the <laughs> Blackstorm Podcast. And you can find him at? Uh, right now, come down to 32 Lincoln Way East. You can catch us on Facebook. Uh, TigerStore55.com uh, Simon Says Promotions on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram What are all the cool shit the kids are doing <laughs> Same thing with the Tiger Store um, Custom Apparel, come, come holler Simon Says All the retail Tiger gear, TigerStore55.com If you guys need to pick me up, hit up Tremont Get you a Nitro, tell them JP sent you <laughs> There you go. There you go. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not just a Tiger store downtown. You can have all your masculine apparel down there as well. But they also do custom work. Absolutely. Um, if you have an outing going on, fundraiser, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it may be. If you need uh, some Black Swarm hoodies. Black Swarm hoodies. I yep. mean, not, you know, don't want to surprise anybody. No, but you might yeah. start seeing those things around. Yeah. You know, we'll get them out there if they do come about. If it happens. We'll see what happens. Uh, but, I mean, with that, I mean, we appreciate you for coming on. I mean, we talked for hours before the podcast started. Great guest. Uh, great friend mm-hmm. to have here with us. And then, you know, you definitely got us going. Uh, whoever holds stock in brick walls is going to be really happy with their return after this week. Um, great guest. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, JP, you know, you're welcome back anytime. And... Uh, until then, we'll see you at Mollenkopf Stadium or however the hell you pronounce it. Absolutely. And uh, go Tigers. Be warned. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Yeah! 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 I, I. Are y'all ready? Are y'all ready? What? 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 Yeah! Y'all ready to play the football?
anybody that knows something about it And I won't answer now Who, what, where, where, why, see A lot of dudes like to act the fool Now I'm getting on live, but that ain't my style Now who he gonna get, and what he gonna do Run up on me if you want to Hot damn pressing his homies If he's done up in front of his mama I'll mop up the flow with him And I kick in the door and let the flow go get him I got food that'll go get him That's for him and the and them dudes that run with him Yeah, yeah, yeah. 305, damn, I 